Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today we're doing an Ask a Lutheran Pastor podcast. Our question for today is, how can one impact others in a positive manner while competing in competitive athletics? Before we dig in, let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so this is another question that we have gotten. Remind us where we have gotten it from. A brief version. This comes from a college student here in the Portland area from a class that I was honored to get to guest speak at. And I asked them to supply me with questions about faith and life and all of that. They had a little bit of information about me. And so this comes from their knowledge that I have historically played roller derby. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're asking specifically about what? Competing and how can you want to beat somebody in a competition and still be a good Christian? Or what do you think they were getting at in the heart of this question? I think kind of that wrestling is great. What I hear in this question, their class was about how does your faith impact your daily living? Okay. And I think that that's a lot of what this question is rooted in. That competitive athletics might be part of daily living, but how can you interact with someone positively when really you're trying to beat them at something? Mm -hmm. And that's a good question because I think that lots of our environments beyond just competitive full contact sports are competitive. Mm -hmm. I think we're competitive in our workplaces. I think we're competitive in... I don't know, fantasy football leagues. Sure. I think we're competitive when we play board games around our home tables. I think there's lots of places where we're competitive in life. And so for me, what I hear in this question is how do you interact in a competitive manner with people that honors that this is a competition while also honoring that they are a fully realized, good and decent human being who deserves respect? How do you do that? How do you win without being a jerk? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's part of it. Mm -hmm. I think for some folks who've talked to me about some of this before is how do I reconcile being a nonviolent pacifist while playing full contact sport like roller derby? Sure. I mean, that's a fair question. Right. So what is your answer? (laughs) My experience of derby and I've been out for a little while. So I want to put that caveat out there that I've been out for a little while. And even as I'm looking to get back into it, Mm -hmm. you know, this is part of me assessing who I am as a human being and how I interact with competitive natured sports. All the competition aspect that I experienced in Derby was always about making us better as a whole unit. Mm, So the group aspect of it. Absolutely. The communal aspect, that corporate community-based, and not just the people on my team, but by pushing and being the best that I am able to be, I push you harder, and you become a better, stronger version of yourself as well. If I'm easy on you in practice, if I don't give it my all, if I don't try to beat you at something or beat myself at something, then I don't give you the opportunity to grow into a better version of you and get stronger and become more than you already are. But for me, it has never been about winning. No? No. No. I have. But then why wouldn't you just skate circles at the rink? Because that's boring. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
because it's fun to play full contact and it's fun to try to push each other to do better and like learning how to hold someone back. There's inherent competition in that. Mm -hmm. One person's trying to get past me and I'm trying to stop them. But in learning that skill, I learn how to hold my ground and learning how to hold my ground on the track translates huge into learning how to hold my ground in other spaces. Okay. And recognizing how to take up space and not apologize for it, which women are Mm -hmm. really conditioned within our culture to apologize for taking up space. And so to learn how to take up space and not apologize for that, I'm not going to learn that rolling circles at the rink. No, you're really not. Right. But I'm going to learn that by competing with someone else for a spot, for a space. And so I honestly don't remember. I'm trying to like go back to the games that I played, to the bouts mm-hmm. that I've played. And I can't remember any of the scores. I can't. <laughs> I have no idea if we won or lost any of them. Like I can't. I can't remember. Really? Really, Not truly. Not the brutal losses? No. So if I think back to the last game I played, that was a brutal loss uh-huh. because it was a totally mismatched team's caliber of skaters were totally mismatched. And so that one, I know we lost. That's not what I remember about the game. Okay, then what do you remember? I remember that I was playing for the first time in a long time, and I was brave, and I got out on the track. They even put me in as a jammer rotation once, which was a really bad choice. But I remember being ready to get rid of the star and give up on myself. And that's where the one piece from my book comes from, Mm -hmm. of the look up Mm -hmm. and finding the people in front of you and how to find your way through hard things. Because I was just totally giving up and totally self-isolating and forgetting the fact that I had team around me and I had people to help get me through. And, you know, the other team didn't want me to die. I mean, they weren't out to kill me. They were just out to keep me down and out. And to look up and to trust my teammates and to trust the people around me and to trust my own strength. And I was able to break through. Yeah, the jam was called off. I didn't score a single bloody point. (laughs) And they did laps around me. And I learned so much in that moment alone about my fortitude and my perseverance and my ability to keep going. And I think that all of us on that team just worked so hard that that's what we remember is getting to work really hard together at this thing that there was no way we were going to win, but we learned a lot and we had a great time. I'm thinking about the other competitive sports, mostly football, and I'm thinking how you would hope that most teams and people playing these sports have a similar situation where I think it sometimes goes awry is the people watching the sports. Mm -hmm. Watching competitive sports doesn't always put you in the same mindset. Doesn't bring out the best in us, does it? No, not always. Yeah. I think that that's another form of this question, right? So impacting others in a positive manner while competing, we can do that by bringing our best selves and expecting their best selves and congratulating them on their best selves and greeting one another in the line afterwards and say, oh my gosh, you hit me so hard. It was awesome. Your form was brilliant at that moment, right? And you can totally affirm someone and give them confidence and all of that. It's so easy to do. It's so easy to do. And yet that's not human nature. I don't know. I think it's possible. I've experienced it a ton within that community. 
Yeah. I think there's something about that particular community, though, that... Maybe it's not cultural nature. I don't mm-hmm. know that it's not human nature. I think it's not culturally standard. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that it's, it's not human nature. I would love that we would lean into more. Yeah. I guess my own faith in humanity is such <laughs> that I don't always believe it's true. Well, and then there's the side of how can we watch a recreational activity without creating divides between us? Mm-hmm. And how can we have affiliation with the kinship group without having to other someone else or ostracize them or set them up as a win-loss situation? So if we take this then at a much larger, more esoteric level, mm-hmm. we divide each other into us and them so easily in our culture. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy, especially when we're on the sidelines, not the ones getting injured, to make the other, whether that's the other team or another person or another group, another ideological stance, make them into the ones that are monsters, evil, animals, unworthy, all the different ways that we can cut people down and cut down and dehumanize in order to, if human nature is not to harm another person and to not enjoy harming another person, then if we can dehumanize an other, then we can harm them without harming our own ethics and morals. Mm -hmm. And so I think that Throughout all of history, we have seen how humanity has used public spectacle as a catharsis for some of our emotions. Sure. Whether that's watching Oedipus Rex in the Greek theater, or whether that's watching gladiators, or whether that's watching modern football players. Mm -hmm. We participate in public spectacle and public feats and story in order to cleanse ourselves of some of the things within us that are not great. But when we use that to instead set ourselves over and against one another more and more and more and create not just rivalries, but hatreds, Mm -hmm. then violence ensues. But I don't think that's human nature. I think that's a cultural choice. Oh, interesting. That's a fascinating distinction to make. And I think that that says more about how we in North America continue to set ourselves over and against and create us and thems that become violent in nature rather than collaborative in nature that is a problem Mm -hmm. and that I will not participate in. Yeah, I'm watching my daughter play rec soccer, recreational soccer, Mm -hmm. and I'm still loving that at this particular age, And this particular sport, there's still a lot of the congratulatory on both sides that goes on. Mm -hmm. Not just within the team itself. You knock somebody down, you make sure they're okay. Mm -hmm. But also at least on the part of the parents who are the primary spectators, Mm -hmm. that they're still going to cheer on when the opposite team's goalkeeper does a fantastic job. There you go. It doesn't always work that way. Right. But at least it's the majority of the time, which is heartening. It gives hope. And I would say this ties back to faith, right? This ties back to my understanding of how, as a follower of Christ, I live in the world. Mm -hmm. Let me give you this Bible verse. There's a verse that Paul says that says, All things are legal, but not all things build up. All things are lawful, 
that not all things build up. So understanding that, yeah, God's grace is sufficient. If you are someone who is so competitive that you knock people down out of your way and you are glad that they have been slammed into the dust and they don't matter to you as human beings and you're just going to get what it is that you want no matter the cost, guess what? God's grace is still for you. That sits hard on me, but that's what I believe. Sure. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. So my call as a pastor of someone who might live in that lifestyle is to come to them and say, you are loved by God. No question about that. But your behavior does not build up. It doesn't build you. It doesn't build the people around you. It doesn't build your community. And the ways in which you are acting in this world are destructive in nature and not community building. And look at all the ways that everything that Jesus is about is community building and healing. And even if that means being in a competitive sport, it can still mean helping the people around you to be the best selves that they can be, because that's going to bring everybody farther than any one person can get on their own. We are always stronger together. We are always more effective when we work communally than individually. And that's what I see in the gospel. That's what I see in Jesus. That's what I see in the message of God all over. And so I think that this question about how do we do this, it ties back to faith. If I believe that I am stronger when you are stronger, then I'm going to be about making you stronger. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be about cutting you down. I mean, my previous life was in theater, Mm -hmm. right? And I could have been the greatest diva ever. (laughs) Right, And I could have just been about cutting down every other girl who auditioned for the lead roles alongside of me. And I don't know that there weren't moments when I wasn't like that, especially in high school. Sure. When I really wanted a part or two. It would not build up either myself or the other actors or the theater program in general. Sure, but it's hard to see that in the moment. It can be. Mm -hmm. It can be really hard to see. And again... Like we talked about in our other podcast about finding God everywhere and about doubting, it takes practice, Mm -hmm. right? And I don't always get this right. There are times where I want to be like the best at things so that I can feel good about myself because it feels good to say, yep, I'm the best. I got the award for this. But when I can keep my faith my center and not my self-esteem as my center, then how awesome is it when someone I know and love gets the accolades that they deserve. That's so awesome because our entire community has just been elevated and it's not just about me. And so that's how faith kind of dismantles, I think, that win-loss dynamic and replaces it with community engagement and enrichment. At which point you can be as competitive as you want Mm -hmm. because you're just building up the entire community. Excellent. That's going to lead me into my last question. Have you ever understood yourself to be a competitive person? I don't think that I have. No? I've never felt like I was a competitive person. I've never felt that way. In reflection, (laughs) I can see where wanting to be the best or wanting to be recognized as good definitely made influenced choices, shall we say. I won't say made me do things I, I wouldn't necessarily want to say that I did. Okay. But influenced choices that I hope I would not make those choices again. 
Mm, interesting. Because they were about building up me. <laughs> and nobody else. And nobody else. All about me. And I would hope that I would be at a place in a space and time in life where it would be about building up the community. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to like having stuff good happen for me or not going to keep pushing myself to be better and get better at what I do. But hopefully I'll be more focused on building up the whole than just myself. So just to clarify, what you're saying is not that being competitive is a bad thing. Correct. Okay. Being competitive can be a great thing when being competitive brings out the best for the whole. Being selfishly competitive (laughs) is a very different animal. It's a different animal because that's about like, I get the attention and I did the best and I don't care whether or not someone else actually got a concussion because I was being reckless. Mm -hmm. Right. That's selfishly competitive, but competitive in a way that builds up everybody. Now that's awesome. Go for it. Just not you. It's just never been me. Oh, And that's okay. Yeah. That's okay. Which in our culture, saying that you're not competitive, there are tons of dings for that. And I know, so people out there in the corporate environment, if you get that question on an interview, you can totally say, yeah, I like to be competitive. I want to bring out the best in myself so that I can make your company better, right? Like our culture values competitive nature. Oh, yes, it does. So it's just never been who I think of myself as. Interesting. Which is why Derby was so different for me. I believe it. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to answer this question for us. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And I look forward to hearing from some of you. It would be great to hear from you at podcast at centralportland.org or to read a review from you on our iTunes page. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.